Welcome to Why Is Mr. Feeney a Car, a TV guide to action television of yesteryear. Uh, which apparently means 90-minute feature film length, two-part pilots, <laughs> all the time, every time. I'm Jay McCain. With me, as always, is my brother from another mother, Aaron Hubbard. How you doing today, Aaron? I'm in. I'm in good spirits. I'm really looking forward to breaking down one of my favorite shows from my childhood, Airwolf. I thought Airwolf was a jet. Until I watched this show, I thought I he know. flew a jet. <laughs> I know, I know you did. It's so funny. Well, it's like you're not. It's a. Uh, they explain it. it's like a cross between an attack it helicopter and a jet. It's got mm-hmm. foldable, retractable rotors or some shit, and then you turn on an afterburner and it just flies, baby. So, do you want to set us up with a little uh, what 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 appealed to uh, baby Aaron about Airwolf? When you're watching this live, it's funny because almost everything that's not flying a helicopter is pretty terrible in this show. And I was actually <laughs> I was actually surprised at how much I remembered about this episode. But like, you know, because oh. uh, like the, that girl getting that girl dying of exposure. Spoiler oh, alert. Spoiler. Uh, big, the girl, big, the girl, the girl, the girl dying of exposure blew my mind. I did because, not like, expect I, that to happen. I saw this like at six or seven, and like, like, okay, she's got a sunburn, and like, I didn't, right. like, I didn't know that like <laughs> there's places so hot and so dry you could die just by being left out in the sun for like a day or you know a few mm-hmm. hours, whatever. Uh, especially these skinny Western women bodies. <laughs> um, right. So like, I didn't get a lot of the obvious gross stuff, but like, I was just realizing like, what a fucking chokehold. Stringfellow Hawk had on my early conceptions of masculinity and manhood, which is truly terrifying after seeing this. Wait, hang on. I I love his first name. Stringfellow. His name is Stringfellow. His brother is Saint John, pronounced Sinjin, which I do That's not understand. That's why they were calling him Sinjin. Dude, I was confused. I was okay. I was this week old until I realized <laughs> that Stringfellow Hawk's brother was not Sinjin. It's Saint John, apparently. Wow. With some kind of okay. wild, like would that be a Native American pronunciation? <laughs> Jesus, I don't know. Uh, of like because Christian... it has engine in it. Aaron, how dare you? No, 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 no. It's just you know, it's like the way you kind of uh, you know transpose whatever. It's how you get uh, Christopher as Cristobal in in uh, Spanish, right. yeah, and, it's, and uh... John as Juan or Ivan. Ivan, how the fuck do you get Ivan from John? I don't, I don't know, know, but they do. I don't so know. I was thinking maybe that is because like I believe they go on to establish that. Believe it or not, Stringfellow Hawk has some some uh, First Nations blood in him. Yeah, right. There and yeah. there's some like noble savage tropes in this episode. Pro- probably. Yeah. Those are great names, Stringfellow and Saint John. Though it kind of reminds me of there's a wide there's a couple of NFL player brothers right now. It's Amon Ra Saint John and um, <sighs> Amon Ra. Uh, That's a Amon fucking power Saint name. John and Equanimius Saint John. Wow. Great names. Good, Those are strong. Good, uh brother names for sure. Sturdy. Uh but to go back to it, the other thing that like uh, the other thing that fascinated about me, I I thought the Streamfall Hawk was such a fascinating guy and such a cool guy. You know, he's like this renaissance guy, but he could kick ass and romance women and all this crazy shit. Um but I also just really liked Airwolf. I thought that helicopter was so fucking cool 
the fact that it's like stealth and it's got the weapons concealed, but then it can just like bristle with all these cannons. And um, it's like it's another thing like a Knight Rider where it's like it seems like it always had a new Guga or gadget or, you know, right. like, oh, the. Uh, what was the 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 sh- nuclear tip Shrike missile? Like you know, they tease that in the pilot. Well, when are we going to get to see the Shrike missile? Mm. And it's just, I think Airwolf is fucking cool. And finally, the theme music. I've said this before that if I'm like riding my motorcycle in an aggressive manner in like some backcountry <laughs> twisty road, one of three things is playing in my head: Night Rider, the theme to Night Rider, the music that plays when Han Solo is going through the asteroid field. You know, what does that mean? Like, yeah, what? You don't know? Oh, that's I, right. I'm you don't to really remember. like Star Wars. No, I like Star Wars. I just uh, I can't remember specifically what. It's like da yeah, that kind of just like this soaring kind of that or the theme to Airwolf. It's it's great. I it's I, I like the the kind of snarl the, the the kind of whining howl it makes when it comes up from behind the mesa and then like all the like fucking um AutoCAD files flipping over all the technical schematics and it's just I I just think the the, the theme song always got me hype. I was always pissed when I was a kid. I in fact I have this clear memory of my dad saying I came in like covered in like dirt and shit because I was doing kid stuff out and, and it was like some summer night and he's like, you got to get upstairs and get clean because Airwolf is starting in five minutes. And wow. I clearly remember taking that because you usually fuck around in the bathtub when you're a kid. But I remember uh-huh. like high yeah. speed scrubbing and doing, doing all that because I didn't want to be sent back to do it again and just flying downstairs. Like I remember the feeling of my jammies sticking to my back because my back was wet. And flying down and jumping to my dad's uh, lap just as the uh, the airwolf started started to, so I that's the that's big cute. that's that's my that big uh, that's my big memories uh, I don't I do not remember some of the frankly crazy shit that happens in this episode and probably well, throughout the series um yeah we'll have to get to that I when I picture uh. <laughs> Baby Aaron flying down the stairs in jammies. In my mind, you're still uh, have a bald head and a big beard. (laughs) (laughs) Full head of hair. Uh, (laughs) I don't believe it. I refuse to believe it. Yeah, I had I had a full head of hair. Um, What did you? I'm curious to see. I mean, I I I cheated a little bit because you you streamed you watching your experience watching and I was going to just watch like the first couple of minutes, but I couldn't help myself. I, ca- I cast a spell. I had to keep watching. It was wow. so fascinating. I, I did dip out at the second episode. So I only have half of your reaction, but it seemed like you vacillated between delight at certain iconic aspects of Airwolf Archangel and his uh, uh, glasses eye patch, <laughs> right? And his just general fun. badass ice cream suit tidness, and just some of the crazy shit going on between like Stringfellow and Gabrielle. Is that her name? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, I actually, you know, in retrospect, I, I do like it. Um, there were some tough parts. There's some stuff that I think definitely should have been cut. I, I would have oh, liked yeah. to keep this to, uh, like, 44 minutes, not uh, 90. Uh, but overall, I, I'm excited for uh, watching the 
the consensus best episode of this because I think this has maybe set itself up nicely for what I've decided we're going to when we have a award ceremony at the end of the ser- season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's probably set itself up nicely for most improved. Hmm. Like, there's a lot to work with here, um, but uh, there are some changes. Like, there needs to be a lot of character growth with Stringfellow for sure. Like, sure. Uh, I'm excited to see where that goes. And again, we already kind of spoiled it, but like, uh, the love interest dying really shocked me. Like, they're gonna have to get another love interest in there, right? He can't well, just you've be seen, a you've loner seen, the whole time. You've seen the Airwolf intro. There, <laughs> there is a there is a there is a third slot in Airwolf for a, a co-pilot. Uh, so yeah, they definitely do mix. I can't, but that's the thing is like I don't remember the women woman in in this show. The women in this show. I remember the girl dying. But I don't remember like who replaced her and like because like I honestly I was like fascinated with Stringfellow Hawk and Airwolf. That was the thing I liked. Dom was okay, but only because he sat behind Stringfellow Hawk and flipped his nuclear tip strike missiles and you know set off his countermeasures and shit. But there's a lot of premise here. I'm I'm curious how do you how do you move this forward into an episodic show? Because the stakes are so high, you're like trying to prevent a nuclear war in the pilot, you know? Yeah. Like how do, how then do you move to like like with Knight Rider, where it's like, oh, okay, well the bunch of motorcycle guys rolled into town when he was trying to do some R and R, and he has to save the day, you know? Like, there's there's um you know it was the '80s and and they'd set it up with like I forget this is called the firm. Um, right. You had the fa- flag, the foundation for law and government. This actually is an acronym too. I forget what it stands for. But uh, Airwolf had the firm, and the firm is going to send Stringfellow Hawk on a series of missions while he's got the stolen Air Airwolf, and they're going to fund him. And there's all kinds of you know splinter cells and terrorist groups and South American dictators and Banana Republic <laughs> slave operations and shady military contractors and. Russian generals gone rogue there and there's just like this it's every excuse to blow up uh surplus soviet era yeah. technology <laughs> use stock korean war and yes. vietnam war footage and never show a helicopter actually exploding that was this <laughs> show's prime directive is we're going to blow up a lot of helicopters but you will never ever ever see one uh-huh. actually blow up on film cuz that shit's expensive they did that in Feeny too, where the helicopter crashes on the other side of the hill, and then exactly. an explosion. That yeah. is a classic airwolf move. Classic airwolf move. Um, I just yeah, called it Feeny. I meant Night Rider. Night Rider. <laughs> That's the core Feeny. We kind of got away from the original the purpose. It's original mission. But uh, yeah, I was worried though because like literally ten minutes into this episode, the first episode, you're like, "Oh my god, I've already got helicopter fatigue," and I'm like, "Oh no, oh no!" Ten minutes into an airwolf, ninety minute fe- bonanza, you got helicopter fatigue. Holy shit! I think I turned the corner on it. I turned the the thing is, is I, I think I'm going to agree with every one of your problems. I think <clears throat> that it's weird because this show is a much more adult show than Knight Rider. Now, it still has all of the stupid macho uh, emotional constipation stuff, but it's 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 got a... They would never 
you know, they'd never let some sadistic, crazy person torture a girl to death right, on yeah. Knight Rider. That no. would never happen. Which is what was shocking the way it played out. Nor would like, I don't think Michael Michael Knight gets kind, somewhat creepy sometimes with with women, like especially by modern state, but like. It's bracing how like Stringfellow Hawk is just like openly threatening to like rape the CIA agent, you know. Uh I don't know. It's it, there's some there's there's just some wild stuff. It's right. it's a much more mature show, but like you can definitely tell they had these ham-fisted attempts at like humor and to pat and it felt like to pat out the episodes. So I, I think I'm gonna be hundred percent on board with your criticisms. It's just the the <laughs> core, the pure core of Airwolf is young boys and girls loving helicopters. Yeah, totally. And the men yeah. that take care of them. And blowing up the bad guys. Blowing them up real good. And they Jeez. they gotta deserve it. Thus you gotta kill probably a lot of women. A lot Sorry. of women to make someone so hateable that you can just empty a whole depot's worth of ordnance into a jeep. Uh, okay, I think we should to get to the synopsis uh, yeah. part of the episode. What do you Shadow think? Shadow of the Hawk, part one. We're going to get started with it right the hell right now. Uh, spelled H-A-W-K-E. Mm-hmm. If you're reading TV Guide, you cock an eyebrow being like, ho, 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 what's, oh, what's up with well. this? It must be a main character we're talking about. Um... So we start the episode with a, a weird fixation on a lizard and a bunch of helicopter porn shots of pistons, pistoning and servos actuating and flight services spinning and engine spooling. And <laughs> we always have to check in with this fucking iguana. Right. Right. And there's one point where the, the engine started, and for 30 seconds, it looks all the world like this lizard is humping Airwolf. Right, yeah. I couldn't part, believe it. I did find that bizarre, because it's like it's like chilling on the... Uh, unfortunately, this, um, this website's not going to... Oh, here we go. All right. Uh, the the iguana like is chilling. Here it is. Here's the humping iguana. Like yeah, get it on. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, look at him. He's moving the airframe. <laughs> yeah. He's giving it all that they can handle. Uh, <laughs> but then take off with it all. Oh, it does fall off. Okay. All right. Iguana is safe, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you know this is it. And I'm like, oh my god, are we going to see this lizard die? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and no, thank God we didn't. And but, the origin um, story of broken lizard. Uh, did you uh, so right what, what was your first impression of seeing airwolf because they had like they had the all also the fucking uniforms were cool that he's like steel gray military flight suits with these cylon looking helmets that had the dark yeah. visors and kind of the cyber hoses coming out of them they light up with red targeting squares they got this cool logo of a of a wolf's head wearing sheep's clothes with bat wings saying airwolf i i i was blown away what did you think I'm wondering if I maybe am less impressed by helicopters than I'm supposed to be. Oh, bam. I don't know. They just don't do it for me. I'm a jet guy. What can I say? I like a fixed-wing aircraft. <laughs> well, there you go. No no rotary-wing aircraft for Jay. Um, um, they're not, they're, go ahead. Sorry. And, and it, like, it looks less cool than modern attack helicopters, all right? Like, I was in high school during the Iraq War. Like, there's real-ass yeah. attack helicopters. This is like 
the Toyota Corolla of helicopters with shit glued <laughs> on it too. Now, as a kid, I didn't appreciate that. I still think it's kind of. I th- still think this retractable um, landing gear. Uh, the, the what? This is like a Bell two twenty two. I think. I still think they're relatively futuristic looking. But yeah, without the wings and the giant turbines and the chain guns and all that, it's it's yeah. yeah. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, that's it. Because the weapons are retractable. Yeah. Right now, it doesn't really look like a attack helicopter. I like the big missile pods on the side. Yeah, yeah. You, you know? like those, like the Russian Rambo three looking uh, fighting vet vehicles. I just think it's such. It's got such good lines, man. It's such an attractive. Yeah, I mean, it's not such ugly. A, and I, I love the retractable. It's like that's. Um, when I was watching Expanse, I realized that there's something deeply satisfying about a vehicle that looks very unassuming. But it can just like bristle, you know, oh, it's, it's like a take an aggressive kind like the Rossinanti, the main starship and the expanse. <laughs> same thing. Very smooth lines. But whenever yeah. it's buried, the, the PDCs pop out, and the torpedo tubes and the rail gun, it just like pops out is like suddenly like flexing. And I feel like I, uh, that's that that really connected to my primal airwolf roots of of an unassuming thing to suddenly bristling out of nowhere. I was trying to remember the name and I almost called it the Esperanto. It's <laughs> like, nope, that's not it. Uh, so we're out here in Devil's Anvil, California, and they've arranged to uh, a dis- disinterested senator to do a live weapons test of the airwolf system. They're going to send it into a canyon full of Soviet technology, state-of-the-art Soviet technology, uh, employing, as uh, CIA best understands it, their tactical defenses and doctrines, and airwolf is going to defeat it all. And it does. It does. Okay, I'll hang on. And again, uh, for the listeners, I'm going to do my best to uh, describe what I'm seeing right now. Uh, if you want to see the video, it's on Blue Jay Streams on Twitch. So the 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 helicopter here, it's got like a black paint job on top and a white paint job underneath. Orca. It looks like an orca. Yeah. I don't know Dangerous. if that's good or bad, though. Something to hunt. Why would it be bad? Because orcas are kind of cute. They're like, they're like <laughs> sea they're pandas. They're killer whales. They're killer yeah, whales. That's true. The they orca fuck shit also, up. It's called the sea wolf, right? So it's just right, like an air sea wolf. <laughs> and it's very unassuming, but then it uh, murders a dolphin, you know? That's true. Like, and it it's just it's only like, the liver of a great white shark. Look at Free Willy and now look at him uh, lead his brothers to make a tidal wave to wash a seal into the ocean and they rip it apart. <laughs> like yeah. they're, yeah, that's, it's, it's sea wolf, baby, air wolf. But the, uh, the uh, live weapons demonstration seems irresponsible to me. Like, it's not really <laughs> necessary. It has to be live fire. Like, imagine if they actually killed these pilots. What a waste of training and resources and just an overall tragedy. Right, How especially since... you explain since... that to the grieving families? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, we really needed to impress the senator from, uh, I don't know, like, Wyoming... Right. The first public test of this is going to be a live weapons fire. The, the <laughs> scene does give us some basic dump of information about Airwolf. We see that it's at least Mach 1 a capable, yeah. unusual for a helicopter. It's got armaments ranging from 30 millimeter cannons all the way up to nuclear t- nuclear tipped Shrike missiles. Um, we are introduced to the firm and their chief agent, which is a man we'll come to understand as Archangel. He's a very quaffed 
uh, posh gentleman in an impeccable ice cream suit, just white on white on white. Yeah. And uh, we know that the firm's uh, uh, it's got a nebulous mission, but it's got it start during the Bay of Pigs fiasco. I don't know whether right. that was that. its its first mission or they Pro were like the response or, yeah. to how fucked <laughs> right. up the Bay. Right. Um, I think I would de- I would disband <laughs> after the Bay of Pigs, maybe. There's uh we there's a couple of really cool scenes where yeah, Airwolf has to evade or blow past certain helicopters and they get a, a missile launched at them, which mm-hmm. gave us like this really cool missile eye POV of like it's infrared yeah. tracking. And then uh, Airwolf fires its sunburst uh, anti countermeasure. And it's I thought that was really cool. And they complete the live fire. It looks like that they actually got destroyed by the missile, but Airwolf pulled a Trixie. And as the senator's like, well, you dumb fucks, you got blowing up. He, they, they, he comes in. I don't even know how he like warps time and space because they're out in the proving ground. Right. Like how far yeah. away were they? And then the senator literally exclaims they got exploded. And five seconds later, Airwolf was hovering outside their little bunker. Well, the, like, the canyon was a horseshoe shake. Uh, it starts yeah. and ends at the bunker. There is and it one is mock other, capable, so... There's one other obstacle that they have to overcome, which was my favorite. It's sort of the um, three-body problem uh, rears its ugly head again. They Uh-oh. put a bunch of wires in the canyon. <laughs> they have to evade the wires. Yeah, yeah. low-level <laughs> wires. Uh, so they successfully complete and the uh, engineer that developed Airwolf is actually its lead pilot. Right. Uh, what the fuck is this guy's name? Moffat. Dr. Moffat. And he hovers and is, uh, the senator's congratulating him. He's like, actually, senator, we've met before. I'm going to give him right. a Bane voice because it's more like a... You mentioned Caligula, and that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, this guy is actually just walked off a Royal Shakespeare production. Right, yeah. Of, you know, he yeah. was Nero or Caligula, and he yeah. just kind of v- vamping that way through his scenes. Yeah. But he's like... Malcolm McDowell was like, tone it down a little bit, please. Ex- <laughs> it, oh, my God. It, he sure just fuck does. And he's like, you met me at the Proteus Project. That was back in... And then the center's like, that was back at White Sands in the 70s. And they imply that there was some, I don't know, was he staking girls out at White Sands? I, that there, I don't there know was, what that means. What there's is, some is, kind of problem with him, but they still hired him to develop this weapon and gave him the keys to it. And yeah. he essentially says, curse my sudden but inevitable betrayal and blows the facility to, sh- to, to kingdom come. Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a real massacre. But yeah, the, just the fact that like, this top secret weapons program is like placed in the hands of a foreign national. Like, <laughs> like this is not how the government works. With yeah. This stuff. You mentioned like, like his, his conspicuous <laughs> British accent and, uh, you know, the fact that he apparently did something criminal in another top secret weapons development just a decade before. <laughs> right. Cause remember we're talking the seventies from the context of the mid eighties. This 80s, was not, yeah. <laughs> It's now ancient history. This now, <laughs> only, yeah, only dinosaurs and fossils remember. But that, yeah. Um, so we dissolve from there to the the, the to essentially hell to <laughs> a very peaceful nature retreat uh, mm-hmm. up in the mountains. We see a man named Stringfellow Hawk. He's got a 
cello out on his deck and yeah, he's serenading thing, man he's serenading an eagle and a whirly bird comes and interrupts the piece pisses off the eagle pisses off Stringfellow hawk um out of this helicopter pops two people one archangel but now he's got an eye patch so he's 10 times cooler and he's got his arm in a cashmere a well, white cashmere silk sling it's incredible I did not put together the fact that he lost his eye in that uh, helicopter attack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's been he's been scarred. He's he sacrificed his eye and a limb for his country. Um, can and... you describe? Can Can you tell me about his eye patch? Oh, fucking sweet! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly you. Yeah, you, you just popped out of lens your aviators. That's the he's thing. Got it's an like eye patch when lens. I. When I say eye patch, what I mean is he's wearing a pair of glasses <laughs> and one of the glasses are completely blacked out and has one of those little side visor too, so you can't Yeah. I wonder well, if does they, it have I, a side visor too? Or is, Yeah, it does. It's got like a little piece. So you can't see can't, his maimed eye from the side, or is yeah, it because like it's like for the socket. shooting range? It's a safe, uh, safety glasses. Well, I was actually trying to, to trying to strain if there was an episode where you actually see, does he have like some kind of cyborg guy or does it shoot a oh. laser or has it got a recording device? I honestly, I don't know. It's something, <laughs> that, it's something that kind of shows I liked with do. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but so he gets out and then outside the other side is a lady in a white on white lady. flight suit. Yeah, with designer designer high heeled boots flying this mm. helicopter, um, and her name is Gabri- Gabrielle. And they introduce themselves. It seems like Archangel knows Stringfellow Hawk, and they've worked together. In fact, Stringfellow Hawk is a, aware of the Airwolf project on some uh, level, and he kind of suspects Moffat stole it before they even get to explaining it to him because that's the thing is like Stringfellow Hawk is like he's just intuits everything he's like one step ahead of everything I thought he was involved with the Airwolf project at some point but I think I think you infer that he was like the why'd they come to him hang on this isn't making sense yeah you're right he did he did I thought he was like already trained on it that's why they came to him but why did he stop? Because he had a falling out with Moffat? Uh, I don't... Probably because, like, his fucking, like, his gym teacher's ex-girlfriend died, and he's like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> uh, it's funny because they metaphorically refer, as the series goes on, they call Airwolf their lady. It's always referred to as the lady. And uh, okay. it's like, I can't take care of another lady. She'll die on me. Um, so, yeah, there's so so... This woman is like openly kind of flirty to him and she's trying to compliment him on his cello t- uh, routine. And he's like, you downdrafted my eagle. And then she right. says, taking it back, she kind of laughs like he must be tailing a joke. And he just like stone cold looks at her with these mirrored glasses on. And she's like, oh, well, I'm sorry. And he goes, tell that to the eagle. Right. And I was just thinking, like, why did I think this guy was the epitome of masculinity <laughs> because he's kind of an asshole and she says as much to Archangel he's like well that's because he loves or that's because he likes you and I'm like Jesus Christ this is like a fifth grader's idea it's of how to what, show affection yeah, to it's what a 13 year old thinks is cool um can we talk about his dog real quick Tet I have a question to ask you about Tet uh huh is your name naming your dog 
Tet after the Tet offensive. Offensive. I was gonna say the dog is offensive. The dog <laughs> is a pervert. Well, so that's yeah. This next scene, um, Gabrielle is sitting at in front of the fireplace, and Stringfellow Hawk and Archangel are talking, and Tet. Uh, Stringfellow Hawk's dog is sitting there beside the fire and he's looking at the lady and it, you know, kind of looks like she's looking up her dress, but she adjusts her legs and her skirt to prevent the dog from perving on her. And Uh Stringfellow Hawk observes this and has a private chuckle. He has a good chuckle about this. He's like, yeah, yes, my pet. (laughs) Excellent work. What the fuck? Why would you? I mean, I don't know. I'm not a lady. I don't know. Like, to me, I'm fine with being even naked in front of animals because I don't think they perceive, you know, like, why in the world would you self-consciously adjust yourself if a dog... It's not like he had his nose up her dress. He was, like, six feet away, a respectful distance, just looking at her. It's a trained pervert dog. Trained pervert dog. He's (laughs) got... Does he got like uh, uh, <laughs> one of those spy cameras in his collar? And he's like, it you know, be. there's gadgets all over this show, man. This is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, we find out. Guess who's got Airwolf? Momar Gaddafi. Right. Which uh, this is when I got on board with the show. <laughs> Who We saw we, we had a knockoff Gaddafi in Knight Rider uh, where. Um, Oh God! Devin tried to single-handedly broker world peace in that one episode where they're kidnapping oh, the right. senator. Right. And we had a we had a we had a we had a dime store knockoff Gaddafi. Gaddafi's going to be mentioned, but we're not going to meet anyone beside maybe his right hand man. Well, I think okay, to- that's what I was wondering if that was supposed to be literally Gaddafi or not. I. I don't think so because he mentions he speaks of Gaddafi in the third person, but I don't think that's that's like a that's a Gaddafi move to speak of yourself <laughs> in the third person because he's like, oh, Gaddafi's glorious, uh, freedom fighters in Chad. Thank you for evaporating the two imperialist mirages. But like that's a Gaddafi move, right? Right. Yeah. Hell, I drop an Aaron does this every once in a while. It's just something you do with a little touch of megalomaniac megalomania. Yeah. Uh, I. My head cannon is this is literally Gaddafi, but it does it is doesn't seem to be totally made clear. We'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car after this quick break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? So he's got Airwolf in Libya and um, Stringfellow Hawk asked reasonably, well, why don't you just blow it up and trying to steal it back? And uh, Archangel, I don't think, has a great answer for that. But then out of nowhere, Gabrielle starts interjecting uh, this observation about this Van Gogh he's got hanging. And she wanted to make it mm. sure he knew that she saw the original in France. And he goes, no, you didn't. And I'm like, right. oh, my fucking God. He's got the original. He's got the original. Right. It's not just uh, like some shitty Van Gogh either. It's like a self-portrait right. of him with his ear missing. It's like a... Right. 
It's the, probably like the Van Gogh. Yeah, there's he's like he did like 200. Um, uh, what do you call those? Uh, portraits of yourself, studies of yourself, and yeah, this is probably the most famous one. Um. Archangel says they want to get him to Libya so he can steal Airwolf back and they got a connection with the oil exploitation company and they're going to blah, 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 essentially just magically get him into Libya. It's all going to be fine. Right. Um, And he's like, oh, and he goes, then you just have 200 miles to get to this summer palace where Airwolf is actually at. And Stringfellow grumbles that like, oh, it's 200 miles through Libyan Air Force, Navy and Army. And they had this weird conversation. It's like, well, it's Russian equipment, but not Russian pilots. And I, I don't know. Um, and they, they offer him a million dollars for the job. And he says, I don't want your money. I want you to find my brother, Sinjin, who we find out is MIA from Vietnam. Right. I, I definitely thought he was um, dead, kind of the way they set that up. But... uh yeah, no, just, well, it's, another... it's a long, long-form mystery in the show. Sorry, I got distracted. I'm Googling um, Leonid Brezhnev <laughs> uh, to see when he was in power. Oh, I don't know I what years he was in power because... Um, I'm just going to say right now there's some historical inaccuracies. <laughs> right, because you, you mentioned this, like, the Gaddafi was, like, a third-way kind of guy, right? Yeah, he, so, like, uh, Gaddafi specifically, uh, he was, he rejected, like, the Soviet Union and, uh, and the West, and he was like, we'll do things the Lib- Libyan way, he wrote a book about it, it was, like, his whole jam, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was thinking about, like, but, so... They're basically treating this like if Gaddafi has Airwolf, then the Soviets have Airwolf. So like Gaddafi is a pipeline to the Soviet Union, which is gotcha. Gotcha. just not accurate. Uh, and then uh, I don't, I, mean, I don't anyway. think inside the universe because this isn't like Gaddafi had any interest in giving it to. He was using it to fight his own private wars. So well, yeah, there is that. I uh, I don't need to get into the Brezhnev doctrine right now. Uh, <laughs> let's keep going. <laughs> so he says. Uh, and then so Archangel says your brother's dead and Stringfield Hawks well if he is the least you can do is bring his body back and he's like I need to think about it why don't you guys stay the night <laughs> and I'm like if I, Archangel did not look like he planned for an extended stay none right. of these people did but it's like okay I guess I'll sleep on the couch and he does he sleeps on the couch in his ice cream suit it's hilarious in the middle of the night Gabrielle is slinking around the cabin completely naked except for an afghan she's wearing uh, his cabin is covered in artwork and sheet music, so you just know this guy's a renaissance man. Right. And he just shows up out of nowhere. He, too, is naked, apparently sleepwalking. And she, again, this is like 3 o'clock in the morning. She's butt naked, wearing nothing but a blanket, and she's trying to talk him up about the art. And he mm-hmm. just stares her down. She asks it's, a bunch of different questions. Oh, it's, it's uh, just bizarre. It's a bizarre interaction. And uh, he says... Finally, after a long, uncomfortable silence, he breaks it and says, you didn't co- you didn't come here to talk about the art. And she starts to protest and he slams her on the bed and climbs on top of her and says, yeah. don't, you know, you're here to sweeten the deal. You didn't come to talk about art. And then she then she says, well, not totally, but I didn't come here just for Archangel. And he says, liar's a liar. And then she says, damn you. And he says, you're too late. 
God already has. And nice. just as you think he's going to, okay, not only is he going to rape her, but he's already before kind of talked her into it. He's turned to no, the clear no, because she says yes. no, no, she don't says no. no a lot. He turns the no into the yes, but right before he goes ahead and he just rolls off of her and right. dismisses her from the bedroom. So it's like, I don't know what the, I don't know what to make of the scene. It's now, um, maybe one that if, in my edit, <laughs> in my 44-minute Airwolf pilot minute where uh -huh. I'm cutting this thing down in half, uh -huh. uh, this doesn't make it. This does not make it in. <laughs> Maybe they just have a pure romantic connection or like, because like the thing, the thing is, she is a CIA operative, I think, sent there to seduce him. I do think that he has got the number of this whole thing. And if you get in his mind, he's like, well, I know I'm not going to rape this woman. She's here to fucking take advantage of me. I'm going to scare her. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, I, I'm like, this is just a wild time that you could write a scene like that, you know? Yeah. And it raises more questions than it answers. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, not my favorite part of the pilot. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's get to and then. Then he says, wait, wait, wait. He, ends, he, he ends the conversation by saying, because she asked him like where he got this art, like five minutes ago before the attempted rape and all that right. stuff. He rolls off. And after a couple of minutes, of awkward silence, he goes, my grandfather. Oh, she starts to leave. And he goes, Gabrielle. She turns around. And he's like, my grandfather collected art. And then he starts up this like hideous romantic synth music. And he goes <laughs> for my grandmother. Right. <laughs> God damn it. Your grandfather so collected even... Van Gogh's for your grandmother. Okay. It's just so weird. They've, they've built him up as this cello playing renaissance man, and then they pull the rug out from under it right away. It's like, I, none of I this didn't is get his. this art. Yeah. I didn't do yeah. any of this. This was all and my, my granddad didn't care. My, just, my granddad didn't care about the shit either. It's just my grandma. It's, <laughs> uh, it's weird. Because you're right. Yeah. They try to set him up as a renaissance man and pull half of the, the rug out from underneath him. But as far as I can tell, he's actually playing the cello. Next, we're going to see, like, it's going to zoom out, and there's going to be a, a boom box and an open CD <laughs> case of, like, the best of Yo-Yo Ma. Oh, no. He's, <laughs> like, he's, he wasn't he's even playing the, play. the cello this whole time. <laughs> Liar's a liar, Stringfellow. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Archangel in the morning is on the phone call. Stringfellow Hawk's already left to go about his a, a day. He's he's having a frustrating conversation with the committee that serves on the firm, and he says that the committee's going to blow it. Um, and he tells her to not fall for Stringfellow Hawk. Tells Gabrielle there's no future in him. When this kid was 12 years old, his oh, parents drowned oh in some kind of freak boating accident. Mm -hmm. Before he shipped off to Nam, his girlfriend and him were cruising down the highway and they had a, a car accident. He's the lone survivor. And then in Nam, when his brother and him was extracting on a chopper in a mission, only he came back. It's so unnecessary. Like, does it have to be that tragic? Like, it's super. One's not and, the, and, the and missing even Gabrielle. And even Gabrielle says, but surely everyone he's loved couldn't have died. And uh -huh. he goes, there is one. And it's fucking Ernest Borgnine. What is uh, Ernest Borgnine who... famous from? Also, follow-up question, was he ever in a Borg episode of Star Trek? He was not. But the last name, what is Ernest Borgnine famous for? He's famous for Airwolf, in my mind. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
because uh, he's like kind of he was I mean obviously he's a Hollywood actor and it's on a television show in the 80s that is slumming that's the last yeah. stop before career you know you're doing a you're doing a genre show on television uh-huh. didn't you're you used so, to have a mo- so, yeah you're selling diabetes medicine after this <laughs> oh he's in the wild bunch that's something Mikhail's Navy that is that's oh Mikhail's uh, Navy okay now we're talking He's the original voice of Mermaid Man on Bob, Bob Square, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, okay. I don't know who Mermaid Man is, but uh, I barely watch SquarePants, so <laughs> I can tell because um, he just called it SquarePants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking uh, of scenes that would be cut in my in my uh, director's cut of this show, oh man. this whole Hollywood thing. Yeah. This is so funny that I forgot that this was the setup for Airwolf too, dude. Hollywood thought they were real fucking clever in this era, setting all, right. all these universes within studio backlots. Because I just remember one of our short list of, of of series to cover was the Fall Guy, and it's uh-huh. literally about a stunt man who's also a detective. Oh my god! So half of the set is him going and doing stunts, just movie stunts. Uh-huh. So like they save so much money on locations because of course half the episode is going to be shot in a studio backlot because that's where they work. And right. the other half is going to be stock footage yeah. of Soviet era tanks blowing up. So yeah. <laughs> I got an idea for a show. All right. He's a catering right. guy for a television show, but he's also a Russian spy. All right. Right. Yeah. Like, this like, is this is just Power Rangers. <laughs> it's, it's Power Rangers. Like, look at all this cool stock footage of helicopters exploding. Uh-huh. Let's cheaply as possible film. Uh, a bunch of live action scenes to set the action in and boom we got something here oh you know what's an action TV show that I used to like as a kid that did a lot of stock action did you ever see the black sheep squadron oh yeah Pappy's uh, Corsairs yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Seattle Hero by the way I read his book I read his book I've only seen an episode or two of the series though I watched that whole goddamn show when I was like probably 14 I was in love with it anyway a lot of stock footage. Um, oh, yeah, I imagine. So this is uh, Ernest Borgnine is Dominic Santini. What a name. And he rents helicopters t- uh, to Hollywood Productions for stunts. And they have a prima donna star that wants to do his own helicopter stunts. Seems like mm-hmm. a seems like a seems like a real bad decision. A to young me. John Landis decides he's got this. Yeah. Um, and he demands so Stringfellow Hawk after hearing this walks over and says you know what I'll get into co-pilot position just so the insurance is happy but I'll keep my hands off the control and he swears to he makes him swear that he's not going to touch these controls and he goes you got it uh, so this guy takes off and it's immediate fiasco they're doing all this right. weird Keystone's cop sped up footage of the helicopter kind of careening around and spinning around and and almost losing control and crashing and of course they keep on showing Stringfellow Hawk, and he's just like completely he's chilling. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah, he's just made me arms wonder. Like, is he passively suicidal at this point? Like, I don't, I don't even think it's like passively. I think the Stringfellow <laughs> Hawk wishes he would die, yeah. probably not by his own hand, because that would be right. dishonorable or go send him to hell or something. But yeah, I think he would, he would love to die in a blaze of glory, right? Or in well, glory I in this case. Call this a blaze of glory, but yeah, right. Uh, this uh, uh, this guy um, who's piloting it right now uh-huh. uh, went on to be Kobe Bryant's helicopter pilot. 
Uh, moving on. <laughs> moving on. So anyway, uh, Hawk finally takes control, brings us into an expert landing. Everybody laughs at Tatar except for Stringfellow Hawk, who allows but a single grim smile. This is the right. most humorless son of a bitch you'll ever meet. I couldn't believe what a wet blanket he is. Uh, so now we go all across the world to presumably Libya where there is a white man in what can only be described as evil sheet clothes. Like think Jafar, <laughs> late stage Jafar in Aladdin. I mean, am I wrong? No. And I'm like, uh, yeah, like Emperor I'm Palpatine. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, uh. An Islamic take on Star Wars, Emperor Palpatine. Yes, yes. That would If Lucas was inspired by, by the Middle East instead of the Far uh, uh, East. Lawrence of uh, Coruscant. <laughs> so, and I'm like, oh my God, this is the 80s. They're just going to, they're just going to brown fit. They're just going to have a white guy being an, an, an Arab. But no, they actually incorporate this. One important thing, this does uh, play a role later, is he's shooting a coin. He's making these guys in the pool hold up a coin, and he's shooting the coin out from between their fingers. And uh, it it comes across as just, like, this uh, display of, like, um, the perversion of opulence, you know? So, like, a Usain and Kusain, Hussein, whatever their names were, whatever. Saddam Hussein's, like, bastard kids. Mm. Kind of, kind of that thing. Uday um, and yeah, uh, Uday and Kusei, I think. But uh, yeah, but it actually it's a plot point to remember for later the fact that he's like practicing shooting this like quarter sized hole, and uh, I thought that was kind of right. cool. Props yeah. for that. That was good storytelling. You talked it like uh, dec. What do you call it? you call it? Decadent. Uh, the perversion of opulence. Perversion of opulence. Yes, because he's just like playing with these guys. So this guy is famous, David Hemmings. He's been working since the '60s, uh, and you whippersnappers might uh, recognize him as Cassius from Gladiator. He's the guy that first purchases, um, or he he's the uh, master of ceremonies at one of the slave fighting pits. Wow. Um. That's cool. He was also in Equilibrium as the Proctor. Equilibrium. That was uh, one of an early Christian Bale uh, movie. He's in the Gangs of New York as Mr. Shermerhorn. All right, we can't Um, dwell on this, but Gangs of New York is a terrible. No, no, I'm just saying Gangs of New York is. I thought was a terrible movie. Did you like it? Oh my god! Yeah, I did. I did a whole podcast. You should listen to the podcast. We'll fight about it. No, all right. Um, Not gonna happen. So anyway, this I this guy is Dr. Moffat. He's the guy who stole Airwolf. And he says, I'm getting bored. I want to go to Tripoli. And he goes, the, the either Gaddafi, speaking of himself in the third person, or Gaddafi's <laughs> right. like right-hand man, says, I love it. He, he also looks a lot like Dennis Reynolds from Always Sunny. Like a <laughs> lot. With some bronzer. Yeah, some bronzer. <laughs> a real golden god. <laughs> right. Uh, he says... Okay, I'd love to take you to Tripoli, but boy, we'd really appreciate, Gaddafi would appreciate, if you would go shoot down two imperialist mirage fighters that are harassing our allies in Chad. And the the doctor's kind of noncommittal, and he starts striking up this conversation with him about Airwolf. He's like, so is this machine really invincible? Because we have a proverb in the desert, a jackal can kill a lion if only it knows where to bite. I'm wondering, where does a jackal bite the wolf? Mm-hmm. And Moffat pulls out a six-shooter, uh-huh. yeah. 
yeah. sticks the and he says it's this. No, no it's doesn't his, pull it out. He's been waving it around the that's entire true. time. <laughs> that's true. He's been waving around the whole time. He's like this this refueling pito or tube or whatever. It, there, if you send a bullet precisely down this tube, it'll blow up the whole thing. And he sticks the muzzle of his gun and he pulls the trigger and it clicks on an empty chamber. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and starts walking back and he goes, yeah, I'll go do your thing. Uh, he puts the gun in the air and clicks it again and he waves it around and clicks it and it goes off just so you know there was a bullet in there and he's yeah. crazy. It's like, it's kind of interesting. Like both he and, um, uh, Stringfellow have this, uh, sort of a laissez-faire attitude with their own mortality. So they move on. So they, they, they have this scene of Airwolf hunting down these mirages over Chad and they blow it up. And the thing is, is like, these are not anywhere near French Mirage. These are like some kind of, I don't know, 1950 <laughs> Korean War era. Like yeah. they didn't have nose cones. They just had a giant hole where the nose yeah. cone should be. They didn't know to make jets aerodynamic yet. They were just like barely right. faster than prop planes. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. 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 This is not a state of the art multi-role combat fighter, but they blow it to hell. Um, I think it's the first time we see the tactical like uh, like lock on things and the 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 helmets that like flip down their visors flip down and they're jet black and they have these like little red targeting. It's like this was like, I, I, although I guess this is they, they, this is like the Apache was already out by then. Uh, I'm just laughing at the stock footage. It looks so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the resolution. Oh man! Anyway, <laughs> the holy stock footage. But anyway, the, the target, the helmet targeting op- optical targeters, targeting helmet optical targeters look very cool. Right, um, and that that stuff is cool. It's like again, like the modern gunships where like the pilot turns his head in the yeah. cockpit, and the and the the chain gun like follows the vision of the pilot. That's yeah. crazy. That's I can't cool. like you guys probably don't like, you know, with all the VR helmets and shit, but that shit was like really fucking futuristic back in the day. <laughs> Any kind of like, just look at something and kill it. That's pretty fucking cool. So yeah. meanwhile, Stringfellow Hawk, uh, apologizes, apologizes to Dom for getting him fired from the set for embarrassing the star. And Dom uh, says that's okay, and then urges Stringfellow to give up the quest for his brother. And he goes, "Oh, I'm not gonna." And I need your help in Libya. And they have this plan <laughs> to get somehow Dominic in through some kind of British charter that he knows. I don't know. Um, and he says, "We're going to do something. We're going to st- steal Airwolf back. Whatever. I don't know." Uh, he gets back to his 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 via. Is, is his cabin in the woods and he found out that someone has stole all of grandpa's artwork yeah which they, is why maybe that stuff should not be in a private collection and true. maybe should be in a museum you know for burnt down because he's living in an all wood facility with no you know right. sprinkler systems uh mm-hmm. gabrielle explains that the this is the firm's idea getting leverage on him they stole his artwork because they're worried that he wouldn't do the mission otherwise uh, he's the only person, other person in the whole world who can fly Airwolf. And Archangel got called away to DC, which is why he's not here to explain himself. Hawk surmises that he actually fucked off because he knew Hawk would beat his ass and he wouldn't beat Gabrielle. So, mm. yeah. Uh, that Fair will, enough. That will come He'll back do around. do other things to her. That's but... true. He'll threaten to do it. He won't actually do it because he's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. Right. 
You don't actually, you, you scare women. You scare, put them in their place. <laughs> make sure they know where they are uh, in the pecking, but you don't, you remember, it's, 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 it's the implication, Jesse. It's the implication. Speaking uh, of Dennis Reynolds. Oh, yeah, Dennis Reynolds is back. Gaddafi <sighs> here for a moment. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got um, generic, like, let's get physical. What was that? Uh, Olivia Newton-John uh, sure playing was. as a girl kind of strip belly dance jazzercises and this triple E club. This is one of my biggest uh, complaints about this episode is like the generic like American music that's playing at this like Le- Libyan strip club. It's like it's a perfect opportunity for sitar music for something exotic you know like i don't know like evoking like nope. the orient they're nope, going dirty like... belly dancing in this movie in this thing it's it's all gonna be vaguely recognizable but uncopyrightable right 80s music <laughs> and, and no one seems to be really paying attention to the dancer except for dr moffat who right. says uh who admires her and Gaddafi's lieutenant says i don't understand what you westerners see in such a skinny body in the desert <laughs> it will wither after a mere few hours and moffat's like with a few hours of that body what would it matter i want her and Gaddafi's lieutenant says ah. he's grateful but i can't get you this woman she's an american spy and he goes the and he goes well what would i need to do to get a woman like that and he's like you'd have to ki- blow up an american destroyer and moffat goes and i quote ha 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 done like it gets something like so audacious but he thought about it as like it'll it'll be so worth it man be so worth it to get this jazzercise and belly dancer it's down um, bad, man. So <laughs> I got the clear impression from the beginning when he was dueling barbs with the senator before he blew them all to hell that this guy was ideologically motivated, that he had some kind of like axe to grind against America or America had done him dirty or whatever. But uh-huh. now they kind of explained that he's just a vile rapist and he's doing they'll even later explain that he did this whole thing with airwolf so he could do whatever he wanted to whatever woman he wanted i'm like well he what the he fuck got, he got his revenge at the at the de- the weapons demonstration so he the, wanted revenge for yeah. something that happened and he got it he won and now he's in new game plus with the sweet helicopters ah, like well fuck i don't what am i, gonna I guess do? i'll just want to fuck every woman i guess that, yeah that have I sex want. with a uh dancer uh yeah i mean he's bored with life i guess we're then we're then back at stringfellow's uh lakeside retreat in the lake where he's cooking for he's gonna get them dinner for tonight and she is briefing him and we're just getting to the point where she explains the cia this this hard-bodied belly dancer is actually a cia agent in deep cover and Stringfellow Hawk looks at her and her, her dossier photo and smirks and says, where does Archangel get them? And then Gabrielle said, well, he got me at 15. And oh, another portal of darkness opens within this episode. Like, holy shit. Huh. I missed that, I guess. Yeah, this is some, uh, what was that Soviet program they always talked about? The, like, Femme Fatale, the, like, Red Robin or... That they like train these they they train these orphan girls to seduce Western men and infiltrate. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's maybe I'm confusing uh, the white the Black Widow 
comic book origin but it sounds about right but like i thought you were cool archangel and now you're you're trafficking young girls and turning them into sex bots for the cia whatever Uh, i mean i wouldn't put it past the cia to be doing that true (laughs) like maybe this is base (laughs) so hawk hawk catches a trout and she exclaims how beautiful the trout is and demands that he put it back that you can't kill that he catches a dead trout (laughs) <laughs> is it i don't i wouldn't know dead from live i mean it's not moving <laughs> <laughs> so she demands he put it back he takes his mirrored glasses off and looks at her and the sh- it, it, it it um snaps to the next scene where he's at dinner and he's eating fish and she's eating like a just a bed of rice and he gives her shit about being a i guess a, a vegetarian but she Wait. only will eat ugly animals and then oh, right. he gets yeah. he is this is so, just so stupid i want to recap it jesse but okay. he, yeah. he gets her to admit to eating lovable cute cuddly lambs because she mentions lambs. she loves lamb which fine whatever she goes off to poke the fire in anger uh and then the dog like whimpers at her and she says i don't know why anyone would teach a dog black what the hell is she talking about about the upskirt no trick. yes okay that's what she's mad about that the dog tried and she wouldn't let him so he whined oh god oh god all right let's keep moving um <laughs> it's, it's a bizarre fuck again in my cut of this a lot of stuff a lot of this is hitting the the, the floor <laughs> like, as it should I, I think we can get this down to a pretty good pilot. but So Dr. Moffat's got the airwolf squad heading out over the ocean. He buzzes a fishing boat, which is hilarious mm-hmm. because they when they show the airwolf eye view of it flying over the boat, you see that the shadow, the helicopter airwolf is casting on the boat and it clearly has skids. This is not it's, it's got it's got shadow cloaking technology. Uh, I love it. I love it because I guess they just had some ordinary helicopter fly over to fishing boat to get this B-roll footage. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And I'm like, why do you buzz? The why, also, why, why buzz the fishing boat? Wouldn't you just oh, yeah, avoid yeah, it? You're right. There it altogether? is. <laughs> okay. You got, you got it on the screen. Um, <laughs> His uh, engineer or his uh, weapons officer mentions they're being radar scanned and he's like, we're activating the jammer. And he says it's absorbing 93 percent of the radar signal. And I'm like, I don't think this is how any of this works. And also, does so 93 percent is this seems like it's a pass fail. Like you either detect it on radar or you don't. We're only seven percent uh, detected sir, on radar. We got seven percent of an enemy helicopter. Right, and it's just like I get to like also like stealth is like it's all about making your radar cross section small. So you take something like the size of B two Spirit, and it might have the radar cross section of like a a crow. But right, seven percent seems like a lot. Seems like mm-hmm. like you'd be you come out like a Cessna going Mach one. But anyway, um. <laughs> So he says, or bring like a missile, <laughs> right? So he says, bring the bullpup online. This is another type of missile that we is not the nuclear tipped strike, but this one fucking missile is enough to destroy a U.S. naval destroyer. 
And yeah, boy, we, we get out all the Vietnam, Korean era stock footage of the boys in blue running to their battle stations. And they're, his co-pilots are interested. They're like, for God's sake, doctor, there are Americans on that boat. That's an American destroyer. And he's like, fuck you and blows it. And that's the end of part one. Beautiful. So you yes, see star, there's Belinda Bauer. There's cracks in the airwolf team. They're not all on board with uh, Dr. Moffat's uh, anti-American women killing ways. How do you, Uh, how, I mean, how do you make it all the way to Libya and work for Gaddafi and be like, oh, whoa, whoa, hang on, I'm a proud American. (laughs) Um, So we get, we get into episode two. I thought that I'd fucked up somehow. Because I was uh-huh. watching this on, um, I couldn't actually buy this on Amazon or uh, Apple TV. I had to watch this on the Roku channel. Yeah, um, that's all right. Have it. And I'm like, well, Roku fucked up because the first 30 seconds of this episode involved the goddamn exact- lizard. Yeah, exactly the same. And then it cuts to like Stringfellow Hawk playing what I think is exactly the same scene from the previous episode. But yes, it's, a, it's, it's, it you're, it's supposed to be the next day. Yeah. And she's observing him serenading the eagle. And right. he explains yeah. in the most ham-fisted dialogue, this side of a bacon gauntlet, that uh, I do it to get her to trust me, to make her understand I won't hurt her if she gets too close. <laughs> <laughs> then he just kisses her. Uh, and the dog is bored, and so am I. So we uh, we move on to the next scene, which is Tet hogging the landing pad that Stringfellow right. Hawk has built on the side of the lake and Dom's trying to land and the dog won't move and there's a comical scene where he's like playing chicken with the helicopter landing on the dog um yeah there's he must really hate this, this dog point, apparently yeah there's some uh. history there we'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car after this quick break and now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? Dom walks in and sees this woman in the cabin and his face uh, is just priceless. And he, uh, this girl offers to take, because like, I think Dom is bringing in groceries, essentially. You know, he's like this Stringville Hawks weekly supplies, HelloFresh. And she <laughs> offers to take it in for the old man. And he goes, no, 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 I don't believe in women's liberation. I like the sexes the way God intended. And she kind of like is half amused, half offended. And he like as a way of apology goes, well, I'm old fashioned, but that's my privilege. And I'm like, boomers in a fucking nutshell. Boomers in a fuck. <laughs> now they would admit their privilege in the 80s. Try to get them to do it now. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that's the thing is Santino is from the greatest generation. He's no boomer. They would admit to their bullshit. The boomers act mm. like they're not sexist and racist, except for they super are. Anyway, um, Dom and Stringfellow Hawk take off because they have a bullshit. Uh, they, they're trying to get out of the house, but they say they have an assignment and Dom plays along and they leave her to cook steak for the dog. Um, on the way to, yeah, I think the what thing. they're doing is they're, they're scouting out a location to, they're, they're, they're hatching the plan to steal Airwolf and they're looking for a place to, to, to hide it. This will eventually become Airwolf's main base, but that's right. in episodes to come. Right. I, finally did the math on that that oh this whole scene was so that in the future they can hide the hide the thing 
They, they so, got Street this, Fighter this... is like a, a pescatarian or whatever, right? Like, he eats fish, but he doesn't eat any red meat. And she's all starved for red meat. She's like, I have, have only been eating veggies for the last seven days. Mm. And then the <laughs> boomer is like, oh, you gotta eat some red meat. And she starts, like, <laughs> sniffing the steak. Anyway, it's all bizarre. Yeah, but so they fly around in the high altitude, and they're like, um... Not even the Indians come up here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then yeah. they, they have a big rock with a hole in it, and they're like, how far deep does it go? And they're like, I don't know. And they just yeah. fly down there. They find a hollow mesa. That's going to be eventually become uh, the wolf den, which is kind of like their bad cave. back from here? What's like, that? Then, then what, you snowmobile home? Like, how do you get back from <laughs> this here? This is true. This is true. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to ask those questions. <laughs> um so they 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 uh they have some banter like dom says he likes the girl she's a little skinny um he's he's always that's another th- shtick in this show is that dom is always launching in wildly inappropriate tales about Stringfellow hawk's father and Stringfellow right. hawk doesn't have a sense of humor so he tries to change the subject as much as possible they do one of those uh they return to the cabin and uh uh, Archangel's there. He sent Gabrielle home and he's eating his steaks. Tells him about Destroyer was destroyed and says that if we have to invade Libya, it'll Ironic. be WW3. You got to get to Libya in 10 hours. And he's like, what right. about my art, the girl, my brother? And Archangel says, I told them it was the wrong thing to do. And he says, I might have taken it out. You know, I might have taken it out on her. And Archangel says, well, you didn't, did you? And Stringfellow says no, and then punches him in the face. I saved it for you. What a fucking Chad oh, move. That's what that was about. Okay. Yeah. I was a little confused about what was going on here. Uh, So we now go to an airport in France, and he's in a military flight suit, and a lady runs up and says, you got to strip out of that thing. And she briefs him on this new identity he's going to have as part of the firm's cover to get him into Libya. And he has this, she gives him this book and says, here's your, it's like this cool CIA spy thing. It's like your life story is in chapter 10 of this book. And then he looks at it and he goes Latin lovers. And she goes, I told you we only had 10 hours of prep. And I'm like, what time factor is involved with the ridiculousness of the cover? Like you had to print this book from fucking scratch, put whatever you want in the fucking dust jacket. What the hell? Like, I don't, I don't know, know, man. I Latin. barely follow it. I think at this point I was getting uh, annoyed with like the whitewashing of uh, French colonialism in mm. North Africa, too, mm. which just mm. goes uncommented on. It's like, don't worry, we'll just we'll rely on the French to uh, solve this problem in Libya. They haven't been screwing it up for 400 years. So she says... Um, I also got you a chain, a, a clothes that fit your size, but they're all used, of course, even the underwear. And he looks at her and he says, that's OK. I don't ever wear underwear. And I'm like, oh, Christ. Um, we find out that this the hard bodied CIA belly dancer is dead. They don't know how they're hoping it's an accident because if the Libyans made it, that means they're going to be ready for Stringfellow Hawk. Right. And then she in, she ominously says, we've already sent in another operative. And instantly you might say, oh, no, Gabrielle, because it is Gabrielle, in fact, doing the dirty belly dancing now. I cannot believe that. Like, 
What are the odds? She's on, she's on assignment currently. <laughs> like, why would they possibly send her? They gotta know. have more than one strip dancing CIA they, agent, they, right? Well, yeah, they abduct all these fourteen and fifteen year old girls off the street, train them, but you know that shit's expensive. So they don't, they don't have a few. the uh, Jeffrey Epstein of the CIA should true. have a pretty deep roster. Unironically true. Uh, so we see that Dr. Moffat has already gotten a taste for her skinny Western body and wants to know if she's a spy too. And Gaddafi's lieutenant says, well, she was from the same agency to supply it, the central intelligence agency. Lieutenant. Um, it, and he, go, he goes, Gaddafi. and he goes, are you going to question her as well? And it's look like it's not even distasteful. It's like, he's like. With like kind of like, can I watch? Kind of intimation to it because they're all just gross people. Yeah, uh, Gabrielle is getting changed, and Stringfellow busts into her dressing room and they kiss. And she said, and he expresses concern. She goes, "I'm just doing my job." And he goes, "It was Angela's job too. They found her in the desert, same as he did to the girls in White Sands." So this explicitly says that this Doctor Moffat. <sighs> got in trouble for ex- staking women out in the fucking deserts of White Sands? And the what U.S. Is- military awarded him another contract less than 10 years later? What the fuck? What is White Sands? I don't understand that's the, what that That's is. the missile testing range in Nevada. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the military is full of a bunch of scumbags. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised at all. So anyway, he opines that he stole Airwolf just so he could do whatever he wanted the women. And then she vows to kill him. Uh, she scrawls information about the actual location of where uh, Air, werewolf Airwolf <laughs> werewolf. That she, was air where Airwolf werewolf Airwolf where Airwolf <laughs> uh, werewolf. He she gives him also a location to go at two o'clock in the morning. And she says, you'll find guns taped under the seats. And then he forces her to leave the country, saying, I've got a flight out tomorrow, and either you're going to be on it or I'm going to be on it. And he says, she, and I'm the only one who can fly Airwolf, so you better be on that seat. And she goes, look, I'm not like those other girls that die. And this is straight yeah. out of Team America World Police, man. She looks at him and says, I won't die, Strength or Hawk. I promise. I promise yeah. I'm not going to die. And they're like, oh, my God. Oh, my fucking God. Um, I swear on my own grave that yeah. I won't die. So he meets up with Dom and they find a location. It's like some kind of taxi cab or something. And they're sure enough, there's there's pistols there and they're waiting for Gabrielle and they catch up a bit. Um, I guess. They is another embarrassing story about Stringfellow Hawk's dad. Uh, and we find out that Gabrielle has been captured by Gaddafi's lieutenant or Gaddafi himself. <laughs> and she's being interrogated and they ask her what her profession is. She says she's a hoofer. <laughs> and he's right. like, that's, that's a, that's a weird impression of hooker. Hoofer. What's what that with the K with the, ho- I don't get it. Uh, she demands to see someone from the embassy. He goes, there's no Im- American embassy in Libya. Uh, and then Moffat offers to help. And he comes looking on stage like he literally looks like Nero or Caligula. Hang on, real quick though, wasn't um he's wasn't got like the a whole toga. Benghazi thing uh, embassy? Remember Benghazi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was an embassy, right? Yeah. 
So there's an embassy. So there is an embassy. Well, there is an embassy later. Is there embassy now? Like, did did we have diplomatic relations with Libya back in the 80s? I don't know. It was the same Gaddafi during Benghazi, so... Uh, Anyway. So, yeah, there's uh, some sick footage of stock aircraft carrier and F-14 patrolling... uh, and it's it's yeah. I forget what squadron this is. It's the fucking F-14s with those sweet Jolly Roger tail fins. They got the skull mm. and crossbone with the yellow highlights. Like it's it's essentially um, like if these things had turned into like Gundam and started like I my seven year old brain would have fused. Because uh, I was like, oh my god, those are Robotech jets. Um, the captain explains of because uh, it's like Stringfellow is on the aircraft carrier, and the captain explains if they don't recover Airwolf in four hours, his boys are gonna go in and fuck it up. Um, and then Archangel's French handler that helped Stringfellow get his documents in order bristles at this, saying, "Excuse me, Commander, but there's women out there too. One of which recently gave her life." And he apologizes and is kind of fucking based. But also (laughs) the fact that this fucking episode is flying a feminist flag at this hour after all the shit it's pulled. It's like about to happen. It's like the writers, you could say, like, give give yourselves a hand. Give yourself, you know, like, come on, Mm. come on. Mm -hmm. Um, So Moffat, of of course, is torturing Gabrielle. He's got her tied out to his Jeep and staked out in the desert. And he's torturing her with the sun. It's very um, much uh, Tuco dragging Blondie through the desert in uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah, she's got starting to get visibly sunburnt. Um, uh-huh. Oh, he's also uh, standing in front of a Jeep that has a Yemen flag on it for <laughs> some reason. Um, he taunts her with water. I So we have watched, what is it, like, a dozen episodes of 80s television and I think women being tied up and put in death defying situations has happened three times now oh at least these shows are so fucking horny they got this girl who's essentially in a skimpier slave Leia outfit yeah and she's she's tied up spread eagle in the desert straining (laughs) and moaning and oh and And as this this as this powerful Uh man is over her taunting her with weirdly shakespearean bullshit about water and and coolness water on her face yeah yeah yeah. it's like uh there's a lot of things being formed formed in the the nation's youth watching this show is what i'm saying there's another yemeni Uh, flag the yemeni yeah getting (laughs) Getting Livia and Yemen confused, for example, uh, which I easy mistake to make. Cause honestly, gun to my head, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them now. Ethiopia's got the uh, AK forty seven on its flag, right? No, no, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. There's an African think... country with an AK forty seven on its flag for real. I know you're right. You are right. I don't think that's ha- I don't think that's Ethiopia, but um, Libya's in Africa. <laughs> Yemen is not in Africa. Do you think that makes the slightest bit of difference? <laughs> like it could have been the, the fucking Portuguese or Brazil. Like it, it's like Yemen's yeah, like no, south it's of- Mozambique that's got the AK forty seven on it. My mistake. My mistake. Uh, <laughs> Yemen's like south of Saudi, like Saudi Arabia, right? I now, don't. Now I'm dude. second guessing myself. Uh, you're you're Ameri- exposing yourself as America- one of the ugliest of Americans. I really don't. 
Americans discuss geography. The podcast. <laughs> what were you saying I, I, about if, Czechoslovakia? <laughs> you're gonna get you're gonna get Czech Republicans pissed off at us if you keep saying that. Um, all right, I okay, I'm right. I, okay, I was right. Oh, thank Christ. <laughs> so Yemen is in the Middle East. Yeah, it's like okay. uh, you know, like you know how like Saudi Arabia like hangs down mm-hmm. kind of between like Africa and like mm-hmm. Iran. Yemen hangs out around there. Gotcha. Because I I couldn't have sworn it wasn't in North Africa to, to tell you the truth. Um. So Dom and String are driving along in a military jeep, and they get buzzed by a military helicopter, and they're exp- they're complaining about all the military presence they've seen and should have known to expect. Uh, they decide to follow the helicopter to see what's up. Uh, Dom inexplicably speaks Italian to the gatekeeper, right. to the Libyan gatekeeper, who speaks fluent Italian, and they have like a one-minute unsubtitled conversation. This at least make yeah, the unsubtitled part is maddening, but, I mean, maybe this makes sense because, like, of the uh, Italian invasion of North <laughs> Africa in World War II. <laughs> Sure, like, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. One like, of those Ita- his, Ita- like a- his Italian grandfather fell in love with uh, Libya right. and yeah. decided to settle down. Sure, sure. That's that's the best I can do on that one. Um, so I, I don't know. It sets up like Dom, like they pulls away, and Stringfellow is like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, "Uh." Well, if only you and Sinjin had taken Italian when I add. And I'm like, what? This is just padding. This feels like they're just padding to get to yes, that sweet 90-minute mark. This can hit the cutting room floor for sure. Um, Moffat continues to sun torture her and says, you are very beautiful. Well, not now. You're working on second-degree sunburn, but you can be again. Mm, and it's like, oh, look, right. you're like we're on the dunes, but look a mile. They're three miles away. You see the Mediterranean. It's so cool. So he just keeps this up. Um what exactly the summer... is the information he, he just wants her to admit to being a spy is that it i don't know if he's you're supposed to understand that he's trying to break her to like have sex with her or he derives sexual pleasure from ex, like killing his women with the desert i'm not exactly sure <laughs> what a that's a bad kink to have i don't want a kink, it's a shame, bad kink. but if yeah if no your you can kink is uh torturing what people with the desert sun that's uh yeah that doesn't seem safe sane or consensual so you can you can shame (laughs) that kink all you want uh we're at the summer palace i presume and string and dom just just rock climb up from the jagged shoreline they just Mm -hmm. walk right into it uh hawk has it like an uzi or tech nine some kind of machine pistol Uh, and sure enough Sure enough, sure enough, uh, Airwolf is sitting there in the courtyard, and you've got two of the Airwolf co-pilots talking about how Moffat is staking another girl out in the desert, and one of them is kind of like, oh, what's she to me? And as he's like saying that, Hawk comes in and points to Uzi and says, she means a lot to me. Um, meanwhile, Moffat's still sun-torturing her, and now he's moved on to like, oh, your skin is scarred, and you probably mm-hmm. got skin cancer. But it's better than death, isn't it? And again, like I can't, I can't state how much this blew my mind as a kid that you could die from staying outside too long. Because in my mind, I was running around like I got. Man, you should see pictures of me as a seven-year-old. My skin is mahogany. My hair is white as Doc (laughs) Savage. 
Like <laughs> there was no sunscreen applied. I was just yeah. Like it's so like and like it gets hot as fucking hell in Indiana. Like 80, 90, uh, 100 degrees, 90% humidity. And I'm like, you can die from being left outside for too long? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, my complexion's a little bit more on the fair side than yours. So I absolutely yeah. understand the risk of death <laughs> anytime you might be exposed to something. Got that instinctual ist- knowledge from your Irish blood. Yeah, the sun's raised me. Was, it was some sort of a war crime to send my Irish ancestors to Australia. <laughs> it was of probably a, a genocidal plan that went awry. Yeah, yeah, about... right. They they had to they when it didn't work out quite as intended. They had to like destroy the ozone to try and speed it up. <laughs> <laughs> they started fucking with the rest of the world. They're like, ah, oh, I'm gonna have to reluctantly stop. <laughs> yeah. Anywho, so Hawk and Dom have uh, got the drop on these guys, these airwolf pilots, stole their uniforms. I like how Dom, a portly gentleman who's rather short, fits into either of these guys' uniform. Right. We're yeah. seeing him waddle into the thing. Uh, the Gaddafi, either Gaddafi or his lieutenant, stops them and wants to chat with them because they're. I do want to say a, a flight register pulls up. So, like, a limo pulls up that has a proper Libyan flag on it. So, this okay. one does have the proper green, solid green Libyan flag. Someone did some research. One of my Finally. all-time favorite flags, by the way. Uh, why I do you like it? I think this is supposed to be Gaddafi. Proper. Why do you like it so much? Because it's just green. They're like, it's just green, baby. It's Full just green. green. I think it's the only national flag that's just one solid color. Is that because you know? they, they live in the middle of a desert? That's what I got from this episode. <laughs> so there's like the only green, like, it's like our flag should be Oasis. Well, uh, all right. I'm not going to talk about Gaddafi for long, but he, like his third way, he wrote a book about the third way that's like reject communism, reject capitalism. Right. And it third. was called the green book. And like the whole, the cover was green. Everything was green with this guy. He loved green. It's a good color. Strong color. I agree. Um. So he, he says, uh, Hey, Dom, go in the why I distract this guy, go in and fire up the engines. Um, the major domo is suspicious and he pulls Stringfellow and he says he demands him to lift his visor. And just as Hawk goes to do it, Dom fires up the jet engines, a gout of flame comes on and it lays everybody low. And there's kind of like a lame action scene where Hawk just kind of like punches and judo kicks these guys into submission. And right. then he grabs a machine gun, and as you're required to in the 80s, you just hip fire Rambo style, uh, suppressing fire. Oh, he fire. shoots from the hip constantly. Shoots, shoots from the hip, retreats to Airwolf, where we already know it's bulletproof, and you see that, you know, like sparks flying as people are peppering it with small arms fire. And then they pop out the weapon pods and just go to fucking town on this summer palace. Mm-hmm. Just start right, yeah. remodeling this shit. There's some true bravery by a lot of these goons who hold their ground. Yeah. They just They're saw like space t- marines. We shall know no fear. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's like, I have my notes. It's a merciless hell. They're just gun. This is not a team. People are dying. Yeah. Yes, yes. Infantry fighting vehicles are blowing up. And, uh, and then at the end, like they're just looking at all this carnage and like all the smoking and, and, Dom is just like a gas. He's like, God in heaven. And Stringfield Hawk says, yeah. <laughs> we'll be back to talk more about why is Mr. Feeney a car 
after this quick break. And now we're back with more. Why is Mr. Feeney a car? Airwolf howls into the sky. In the desert, they see tracks um, that was from Moffat's Jeep, and they follow them. Dom figures out how to use the sensors, and they find Gabrielle. Suspenseful strings play as they land. This is actually a sweet shot. Airwolf landing in the background. String fell, uh, and then the camera keeps panning down, and you see Gabrielle lying there on the dunes, dying. Yeah. String fell out, runs of... over to her, cradles her. Dom brings her water. None of them give him or her a fucking drink. And right. and she dies uh, of a of yeah she's she's babbling about an eagle and wanting to see the eagle and she dies and Stringfellow think- Hawk says no goddamn it she promised me she promised me but he has no range beyond anger and stoicism so uh, this is pretty rough uh yeah I was I was pretty surprised they actually killed her off. It'd be like if they killed off Bonnie and the pilot of Knight Rider or something. Which, you know? to be clear, I, we would have rioted, but... Right, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I definitely thought she was going to, like, be the female interest in this show, but apparently not. They just, they really killed her. They really killed her. I don't know her. if that's good or bad. Like, either, like, she hangs around just to be a love interest, or it's, they fridge her, you know? I wonder why they... Well, because that's the thing is like it's like um, reinforcing his central motivation of him uh, unable to protect those. He's he loves. got enough motivation. His parents died. Yeah, there his might be something to this hawk. Is MIA like he's got so much motivation? It's like yeah, this man needs even more pathos. Right. Like what right. next, man? It's like. It, is Hawk gonna come in and like kill his pervert dog and laugh maniacally and leave a like a voicemail about it? <laughs> like, yeah, we're good. We get it. Um. So he he uh, he wants to cry over Gabriel, but all he can do is tough guy shit. So he gets back in Airwolf, and they go on a fucking murder spree. They are just taking down helicopter after helicopter, jet after jet, right. big balls of flame. Obvious models in many cases. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hang on, I'm looking at this right now. I think this helicopter, this is either a this is a British this is a British helicopter. It's got Wait, the British what? little uh symbol on it. Anyway. Really? That was gonna get blown up. <laughs> um and, and they're launching everything at Airwolf and it just keeps coming. It's like three feet off the ground. They keep on hitting the sand and like big gouts of sand go everywhere and Airwolf is covered mm-hmm. in it and it just keeps coming and it keeps coming. And the Qaddafi, I guess, I'm just gonna call him Qaddafi. He's watching yeah. from a radar screen. Um Airwolf is tracking Moffat's Jeep and he's zeroing in on him. A missile launches at him and Stringfellow does evasive maneuvers. And essentially this is the same trick that Moffat pulls in the uh, in the open. And yeah. it looks like it get blown up. And there's a nice big black mushroom cloud. And Moffat, not realizing this is the trick he played a week ago, laughs. <laughs> your trick, dumbass. But he laughs like, haha, Airwolf is done. I don't know why That's he's laughing. True. This was your meal ticket, you stupid son of a bitch. Uh, yeah. And just as he's fully pleased with himself, Airwolf pops over the dune and <laughs> Moffat takes off his scarf, gets out his six shooter, and they have like a Sierra, they have like a spaghetti western standoff. Mm-hmm. And right as Moffat goes for his gun, Hawk just opens everything up 
and empties uh, every one of Airwolf's magazines, maybe not to strike tipped nuclear warheads, but everything into this Jeep and blow uh, this guy uh, to, to hell. Even yeah. the weird red photon torpedoes the Airwolf shoots in lieu of <laughs> missiles. He's just pumping those in there. But what made this a cool scene was because it was established earlier when he was in the uh, in the pool shooting the, the quarter out of mm-hmm. the guy's hand. Like, mm-hmm. he can make this shot. If he, he can, can shoot right the... down the pipe, then, then yep. he can blow up Airwolf. And I thought this, I thought it was set up cool. I liked it. I have in my um, notes was this cool or ridiculous because I, I kind of thought cool. I think the yeah the like the western type of like high because you do you're right they established that he has the know how and the skill mm-hmm. to exploit this weakness in Airwolf yeah and, and then they fucking obliterate yeah. him dude yeah. yeah down to the point where like his his grab he's still like grabbing the firing mechanism and it's like click 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 you know he, he's mm-hmm. he's run out of his missiles because he's um he's rained down true hellfire upon Moffat. He's gone, so gone I guess villain nuts. vanquished he comes back, right? I don't think so. I think he's dead. Really? He's too famous he's too big a star to be a Rick how, how is this a pilot though? It's a fucking because they a said movie. so so that's the thing is like these pilots just start just just get you to the engine. The engine uh-huh. is the firm is going to hire this guy each week to do something weird involving helicopters and military shit. Every week it'll be something new. He'll meet new people. He'll go to new locations. Every week they'll have an introductory shot of him and Dom fucking around on a movie set that'll take five to ten minutes. (laughs) Every week they'll have five to ten minutes of stock footage of helicopters blowing up and shit. I actually if I actually was thinking about doing a full series rewatch of Airwolf over like some kind of streaming session myself. Uh Uh-huh. Because I actually want to keep track of how much of this did they recycle Voltron style? Because I bet it's a lot. I bet there's a ton of shit that they recycle from these pilots. And like if we're in a desert country, we're going to be recycling the pilot. If we're in a jungle, we're going to be recycling uh, uh, season one, episode four. If we're it's like, yeah, (laughs) I bet it's a lot of recycling. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because this seems like an expensive shoot show to shoot straight up. Yeah, Um, totally. So Airwolf or Archangel calls the firm and they finds out that uh, Stringfellow Hawk has disappeared with Airwolf. And now he threatens to take control and he goes like, you can do it my way this time or you'll kiss Airwolf goodbye. And meanwhile, uh, Hawk returns home and Airwolf is there and he's returned all of his art. And uh, Archangel tries to figure out where he hid Airwolf and uh, Hawk's not telling. And he goes, you got to return it or they'll throw in a deep hole. And he goes, it's wired to blow if I don't call in every 24 hours. I want oh Sinjin. God. So uh, Archangel tries to pass off a dossier on his brother, and that doesn't satisfy him. He says, I'm not giving Airwolf back for this. And Archangel says, well, as long as you have Airwolf, uh, the firm would like for you to do our secret missions, off book missions, and we will fully fund you in exchange for you doing these these services. Um, and then Hawk says he'll think about it and then Archangel starts to leave and he stops and he goes Hawk I gotta know I sent her out there did she suffer and Stringfellow Hawk looks at him and goes no man no suffering at all and he says thank God for that then 
We have one last magic hour. Wait, Gabrielle? Gun soaked. Yeah. Didn't suffer? He lied. That- no, he, he's lied to Archangel to spare his feelings, I guess. Because, uh, yeah, she suffered the shit out of it. But why is why would he be being soft with Archangel's feelings? No, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, all right. I'm sorry. So, so we have one last tear-soaked serenade of the eagle, and I guess the eagle finally trusts him or gets close enough because um, it brings a smile to his face for like three seconds before yeah. it dissolves into you know misery. And the eagle lands, and the sun sets between its legs, and <laughs> then the credits roll. That's Airwolf, baby. <laughs> That's Airwolf, baby. Before I forget, I want to ask you, who wins in a fight? Um, Kit or Airwolf? Damn. Kit's indestructible, but I don't know if that includes a nuclear tip strike <laughs> missile. Like, I don't know that he's there's enough molecular bonding in the world. <laughs> but I will say, if Kit could trick Airwolf into a hover... A mm. low ground like oh, yeah, standoff, totally. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and Kit could turbo boost off uh-huh. a ramp. I do think doesn't his even inv- need a ramp, bro. Does it's not true. need a ramp. He 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 turbo boost into uh, Airwolf. I think his molecularly bonded shell <laughs> uh-huh. would just wreck Airwolf because Airwolf is armored and tough, but he's not invincible. Right. <laughs> So yeah, if you could get if you could get if you could if you could trick Hawk into doing a menacing hover, I old think the wild AI, style. The AI is like it if it if it's just Michael Knight piloting um Kit, I think that Airwolf wins, but with the true AI going, I think that um I think that Kit can beat Airwolf. The power That's of flight and being able to launch missiles from miles away is really hard to overcome. But uh, I don't know if anyone can true, do it. But it, they it's, like it's, to fly it. They like kid. to fly it pretty low to get those swooping shots. You know, it's true. They do. They like to hug. That's they kind of explain that that that's like hugging the radar, or hugging the ground, avoiding uh-huh. the radar, etc. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I like it. High tech, sexy oh, aircraft. Also kit. Kit could perfectly calculate the ejector seat to to launch Michael Knight up to land on Airwolf and get in there, open the door and get in. Oh, but there's that's the thing. It's it's the '80s action guy weakness. Airwolf has no skids. It's got retractable landing gear. Oh no, you're right. You're there's right. Not, Michael would do that. And his 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 hands would just scrabble, get no purchase on its its smooth, seamless exterior. He falls to his death. Although Body could install that like laser blast grill screen thing, and like he gets three shots at uh, Airwolf's refueling tube, yeah, that'd, that'd be a way to do it. What what was uh what was Michael Knight's boss's name again? I forget. Devin. Devin. De- Devin. We've lost another Michael. There's no skid on the. Uh, <laughs> there's no skid on that uh, chopper. We're gonna have to fire up another clone. Well, we've got the Garth Initiative. <laughs> I don't know why I made Devin sound badass. I, because I, Devin I, I did is like, fucking badass. I, I, that's you know true. What? He's the Alfred. He's the yeah. Everything oh, I, I, I we didn't we find that out that he is like a World War II combat. He is yes. special forces he was, dude. He was, yeah. Uh, yeah. If if 
there's something that season two of Why Is Mr. Phenia Car is teaching me is what a fucking gem Knight Rider is. Yeah, no, it's uh, the thing is, is Airwolf was ridiculously possible or popular too. Like these shitty plots that have these hackneyed, but I'm like, I don't know, maybe. I I want to say the, the thing Hoff, is, is like the Hoff brings a lot. Yeah, I'm starting to really respect him as an actor. Yeah, and it's like the thing is, is this is Jan uh, Michael Vincent who of the Jan Michael Vincent Sector 16 fame from Rick, the Rick and Morty skit. Um, this guy is like, was super, I thought he was so fucking cool, but in retrospect, he doesn't hold a candle. He's so one dimensional compared to the Hoff. Hoff is just more fun. Hoff is way more fun. Jan Michael Vincent. I'm sorry. He's the, uh, he's a true value version. He's, I can't believe it's not Tom Cruise. It's, uh. (laughs) Yeah, you did see the 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 thing is is like he's kind of Tom Cruise, but like Tom Cruise was a kid, you know. Like this, At like this if point, anything, if anything, Tom Cruise is based on Jan Michael Vincent. Hang on, they're like the same age. What are you talking about? That's not possible. That's not hang possible. On, hang on, hang on. So Airwolf came out in 1987. When did Top Gun? Was that 1984? I don't know. I don't Top know. Top Gun. It was 86. So what Top kind of Gun came name? out and then what Airwolf. What a weird name is Jan Michael. That's hyphenated. I didn't realize that. Uh, Holy shit. This guy was born in 1944. Yeah. I thought so. I thought, okay. Tom, I thought Tom Cruise was hella younger. Never mind. Yeah, this guy was born in 62. So like I said, if You're anything, right, Tom Cruise dude. is based on Jan Michael Vincent. Okay. He's... he's the, he's like the alpha test version of Tom Cruise then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God. I forgot that Jan Michael Vincent died like three years ago. Mm, COVID, huh? Damn. Probably. I would not. He died age 74. Anyway, Jan Michael Vincent, uh, brief, brief uh, action star in the 1980s. Uh, that's Airwolf. I will implore <laughs> you to send feedback. What'd That's you think? Airwolf. What'd you think of, of our coverage of Airwolf? Feeny at baldmove.com. Once again, the uh, email address you want to send feedback to is Feeny, F E E N Y, at baldmove.com. Uh, Jay, tell people where they can keep up with you, including your live watches of the. Feeny verse and your Tkapistan and all the other stuff you get up to. Yeah, Twitch Blue underscore J underscore streams, YouTube Blue J space streams. Um, a lot of Chris Hansen talk. Uh, <laughs> a lot of Chris Hansen talk. There's that's a lot all, of predators in this episode of Airwolf. That's true. There's a lot of predation. I wish uh, Chris Hansen had stepped in for a moment. (laughs) During the desert scenes, during the night, the the sleepwalking art appreciation sessions. Like, yeah, they could have used, he could have used some stools and could have had some guys pop a squat on him for sure. For sure. So, yeah, Uh, yeah. Find me on Twitch. Find me on YouTube. Uh, We have a good time. Yeah, we'll be back next week with another great 80s action pilot. Again, we're going to play them off tournament style to see which one we're going to watch more episodes of. I think, I don't know, we might, is that or you're kind of intimating that maybe we watch the best one of each or something like that? 
I mean, what I love about this podcast is the fluid nature and how we figure it out, you know, <laughs> in real time. I, I think that we should revisit each uh, show and watch the, the IMDB best episode. Okay, okay. And then we can uh... see we can see which one uh, had the best improvement, you know. Okay. I, I feel right. like Airwolf might be the most improved. Okay. Okay. Because there's a lot to work with there. Like, we'll see. You're right. Night Rider is more fun, but this is clearly more adult, so I think it might actually be more satisfying if they can find a, a little bit more of a, 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 of a procedural footing with this show, but... Right. We'll see. Maybe Stringfell Hawk is just way cringier than I remembered. So far, the, that answers that is, is yes. So we'll be back next week with another great 80s pilot. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jay McCain. See you next week. Hit the ejector seat, Kit. <laughs> <laughs>